0: This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 131, Comic Reviews for the week of Tuesday, December the 24th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans podcast. This is Adam Chapman, and this is episode 131, the Comic Reviews episode for... Tuesday, December the 24th, and uh, this will be one of the quickest and shortest reviews episodes that I think I've ever done. Part of this reason is that I have my beautiful four month old son Zachary with me today. Uh, He may or may not last very long, and that's going to kind of dictate how long this podcast is. Um, To be honest, though, it's helpful that this week we only have four comics at least from the big two. Um, so we have Avengers World, which will be the first one that we're going to take a look at. Um, sorry, not Avengers World. That's the name of the story, but it's basically Avengers 24 point now, uh, or as they like to say, number one of the new, old new Marvel now, which is kind of dumb. Uh, what's also dumb is that on the cover, it says that Jonathan Hickman... Oh, you're really sucking on that? I've never heard him lo- suck so loud on a soother. Um, Jonathan Hickman wrote it, and but uh, if you go by the cover, only Asad Rivek did artwork, but... In actuality, there's artwork by Assad Ribic, Salvador LaRocca, Mike Diodato, and Butch Geist. So it's kind of disingenuous. Uh, it's a big issue, bigger than a regular one. Um, it, it, it's kind of a, a weird kind of story. It, it's not really something I think that's for new readers as much as they want it to be. Uh, Like, I I wouldn't give it to Zach here. I don't think that's a good idea. Um, And when you start in the the far future, and that stuff's pretty crazy. Um, And I like the idea that you have Stark Experimental, but then they say it's a Richards Industry subsidiary, which is kind of interesting. And it's basically, you know, 3030, which is kind of cool because we've had Iron Man 2020, but that doesn't seem so exciting anymore now that it's almost here. Um, It's kind of like how if you watch Back to the Future now and you're like, they're going to 2015. That's in a year and like two days. Um, so you have so now it's cool that you now have this um you know this thirty thirty Iron Man. What's weird about this to me is that they spend a lot of pages just kind of showing this guy, this armored guy, and then you have Franklin Richards. Which if you haven't haven't read any of Hickman's um you know Fantastic Four stuff, you're more like "What, what what like what is this? What's going on? And it's a little bit more confusing. Um. And then you, you kind of have this a moment, which I guess is the Avengers version of the X Men playing um, playing baseball, which is basically Hawkeye and Miss um, Marvel basically taking target practice off of golf balls hit off of Stark into Stark Tower, which is kind of weird. Um, you have uh, Thor manning a barbecue, which is one of my favorite panels, I think, of the entire year. Um, as he says, "I have prepared steaks, hamburgers, and veggie burgers." Furthermore, I have grilled the hot dog, though the quality of this meat seems questionable. This I cannot recommend. I also attempted a lobster, but the beast defeated me. And I'm like, that's amazing. And the way Asad Rebik does the art, uh, if indeed this was Asad Rebik's, and I believe it is, fantastic. It just looks fantastic. And then there's a shot of um, <laughs> of Hulk bringing forth the pies. And I don't know why he's wearing, like, suspenders or, like, straps. Maybe they're connected to all these pies. It's ridiculous, but it's that kind of fun, kind of almost holiday-themed uh, issue that it reminded me of some of the stuff Bendis tried to do, but it had it just felt more like whining, and maybe I'm being a harsh on Bendis, but with Hickman, it just seems a little bit more fun, kind of, we just, we just read Infinity, this big, massive story, we're, we're winding down, and that's what this felt like. And I appreciated that, to be honest. I think it worked better as an issue. Uh, then you have Tony and Captain America kind of talking about taking some people off the roster, which, taking Wolverine off, well, it makes sense, given where that character's going to be going. Taking Spider-Man off, yeah, he's a dick now, because he's Otto Octavia, so he's being removed. And then you kind of flip back to, um, you know, Iron Man 30 showing up, thirty thirty showing up, and kind of wrestling with, with Iron Man. There's not a lot of substance to the actual issue They have this rogue planet idea. It's a lot of heady concepts, but it almost happens too quickly and too fast. And uh, it also reminded me a lot of the the bullet that was uh, coming towards Earth back during um, Astonishing X-Men, which Kitty was able to then phase through the planet. It reminded me a little bit of that. Um, There's definitely pieces of this which are important for people who are reading New Avengers. But again, if you're not reading New Avengers this doesn't really work for you in terms of giving you anything to go on or explaining the story in any way. So that's why I wonder, this isn't really a good spot to jump in, but if you've been enjoying this throughout, then it's a great spot to kind of continue enjoying the story. Um, Again, the artwork is not the most consistent just because you have a lot of different artists doing very different styles throughout. Uh, You get a reveal on who this Iron Man 3030 is, which I thought was a little, I don't know, it was thrown in and it didn't feel as important as it potentially could have and then before you knew it uh, it was over Uh, but you know not a bad issue Um, I haven't even given this a rating yet in my mind Uh, I'm going to give it like a I don't know maybe a seven seven and a half I'm going to go seven the art could have been more consistent the story I went back and forth on the story to be honest I wasn't sure how I felt about it and by the end of it I still wasn't sure oh hi Zach Okay, well, I guess we're gonna have to take our first break. Anyways, for Avengers twenty-four point now, we're gonna give this an, a solid seven out of ten. I'll be back soon with the rest. We are back, at least for the moment. Uh, we have uh, Forever Evil number four is the next one. Yeah, Zach, that's that's right. Um, now this is by Jeff Johns and David Finch. Uh, so this continues the story, albeit incredibly slowly. Uh, I found it did not move nearly fast enough for my liking. Um, before I even get into the issue, though, I just want to talk about the cover. Um, Batman looks demonic. Like, I don't know what David Finch is doing these days. Well, besides illustrating this book, obviously, but not doing quite a, that great a job at it. Um, his, his Luther looks fine, although a little uh, bulky and not, like, in a good way because he's wearing body armor. It just makes him look kind of pudgy in there, which we know that Luther isn't these days. Um, and Batman, again, looking demonic, which is ridiculous. Uh, this just feels really slow. You have the first few pages. You have uh, Bruce taking Selina to the cave, which I think would have meant more um, if I well, first of all, if I cared at all about their relationship in the New Fifty Two. After them having sex in Catwoman number one, I'm not sure how I feel about it. Um, also, like at times, Jeff Johns feels like he wants to write Catwoman like like uh, he, she used to be in the pre-New Fifty Two. Same thing with Batman. I mean, he just doesn't know how to write them in the New Fifty Two versions um because they, they they feel like characters that don't actually exist um and they spend too many pages at the Batcave cave and then just talking it's just talking heads and i'm like i feel like we should maybe have more plot progression and there's just not a lot here um and you have batman talking about like they're gonna have to find them the you know cycles or something because their steam powered motorcycle has seen better days i'm like who cares we're going through a lot of pages of stuff that's not so good. Then we get to something that finally matters. We get to something that was briefly touched on in the Trinity War, which is the idea of him having boxes for every single one of his, um, uh, you know, his colleagues. He's got a Sinestra ring. He's got a Kryptonite ring. Um, he's got a Mother Box. He's got, um, I don't know, something for Aquaman, but we don't know what because he doesn't need that one. Uh, he's got a lightning rod from the future, which makes me wonder where the fuck did he get that from? Sorry for my language. Uh, in Wonder Woman there's nothing in the box, which I kind of like the idea that that there is kind of no way of stopping Wonder Woman, which is very true. She's the only one who really has no Achilles heel. I mean, Batman's human, so that's his, (laughs) his Achilles heel, is he can just be killed. Everyone else has very specific kind of weaknesses. Or at least made-up weaknesses in terms of a lightning rod from the future, but whatever. I guess technically it would work, because, I mean, obviously Johnny Quick was able to do something to make, uh, you know, Kid Flash go back into the future, so who knows. Uh, Then we go to um, where uh, Lex Luthor and his group are hanging out, which is kind of a weird motley crew. You have... I know, Zach, what do you want to say? Yeah, it's weird. You got Black Manta, you got Lex Luthor, you got Bizarro... Um, you have Captain Cold and you have them trying to resuscitate uh, Black Adam, which is kind of cool. Also, it's kind of like the inverse of the society. The society back in the new Queen of 52 was in a position of strength. And here we have these guys who are definitely not in a strong position. Oh, we're going on break again. Bye-bye. One thing that kind of makes me sad about this is that this issue kind of makes it very clear, and I don't know if it ever was before, that Lensler did not actually create the Cold Gun. That makes me a little disappointed. Uh, I mean, I guess it makes sense. There can't have that many guys all doing the same project, uh, especially because they make fun of him for being someone who barely graduated high school. But I do like the idea that you know, when he first got a hold of all this stuff, he spent two months just perfecting his ability to take it apart, put it back together, etc. Which makes sense. So, uh, like, you wouldn't just start using a freeze gun unless you knew what you could do with it. So, I like that. Even though he wasn't the one who created it, at least he's competent enough to to reassemble it and put it back together. Without, you know, with doing it, as he says, with his eyes closed. I do like the kind of team building of having this kind of weird grouping together. But I just felt we spent too many pages on it. And then you get to uh, Metallo and Ultraman. And uh, Ultraman, you know, taking what he needs from uh, Metallo. But then we get some actual interesting progression. We have uh, Superwoman and Ultraman having a bit of a, a talk. And they don't really trust um, Owlman. But the most interesting part is the idea that, actually, uh, what um, Superwoman's pregnant, and I'm interested to see if that's actually going to end up playing a part in the story or not. Uh, at this point, it almost feels too early to tell, although we're halfway through the story. Um, then we go to Power Ring and Deathstorm, worrying about, you know, what happened to uh, the rogues, etc., and they're dealing with what they've had to deal with, um, and Power Ring kind of freaking out and trying to get a hold of Grid and needing help because he's just freaked out in general. Uh, again, I like this, this weird motley crew of, uh, Lex Luthor and his group. And then, um, he's kind of, he's trying to, uh, deal with Bizarro and he actually has kind of a moment with Bizarro and, um, which I actually kind of liked. And, um, Bizarro going to try and like this kind of weird bond is forming between the Bizarro and Lex Luthor, which I kind of liked the idea that, you know, there's this kind of familial bond between them, which makes sense because he created them. Um, And I kind of like to see how that's going to be explored, although I doubt we're going to see much of it. It's becoming more and more evident that this is Lex Lex Luthor's series more than anything, which is fine. I mean, Lex Luthor ends up, um, you know, face-to-face with Batman, and that doesn't go well because they kind of are fighting each other, even though they really should team up. Then you have uh, a bunch of villains show up with a power ring, but uh, I love how Batman puts on the Sinestro Gore ring, which I don't know if he would ever actually do. Um, but it's interesting to see it, even though the power levels are basically zero. And, uh, he's unable to stop him. And then, I do like the idea here that Power Ring... Okay, okay. Okay, Zach. Well, let's take another break. Alright, another break. Power Ring, for a minute, gets a hold of the Sinestro core Ring, which is, uh... I like how he's looking at it. It's like a yellow ring. And that's kind of cool, because back in the day, that's obviously what Power Ring was using. He was using a yellow... He was a Yellow Lantern, um... I I did like that he kind of held it, and he was like, you can't hurt me with this, and he he, uh, destroys it. And then, now this part, I don't know how I feel about this. Suddenly, um, Sinestro shows up, and then I remembered that... I don't remember much about Green Lantern 20. I mean, he's wearing kind of his parallax outfit, but he's got the Yellow Lantern. I can't remember when we last saw him, how that worked in Green Lantern 20. But I guess, you know, obviously, um... You know, Jeff Johns wants to use him. I don't even know why Sestro's here, why he would even care. Um, I don't know. This kind of bugs me that he's even here at all, and I don't get why he's here. Oh, well. Uh, I'm going to give this, uh, I I feel like it's just a 6 out of 10. I mean, it's got elements that I really enjoyed, and and kind of the, the quiet moment with Bizarro and Lex Luthor, but it's also got a lot of stuff I hate. Or just don't like, uh, not hates, right? hates the wrong word, but I just don't like that much. Or I think it spends too much time on certain scenes and what's going on in the rest of the world. And I feel like, you know, this supposed to be a huge thing that the the evil's taken over, yet the main book does a, not a very good job of really expanding upon that. Uh, moving on, so that was a six. Uh, we have Justice League number twenty six by Jeff Johns and Ivan Reyes. Um Now the cover has Powering versus Sinestro. Uh, now, I like the art in this issue a lot more than I did in Forever Evil because David Finch just isn't quite to my taste anymore. It's just overdone, and his lips are just too much. Uh, this was an interesting issue because you got a little bit of an idea behind uh, the history for uh, like what's going on with Grid uh, now that he's kind of taken over from uh, Victor. Um, we get a little bit of him kind of looking in on each of the members of the uh, CSA, and you get to see a little bit of their history, in terms of how each uh, character kind of became, you know, who they were going to become, in, in terms of becoming, um... And I, I like the idea that, the, sorry, to jump around, that in Earth-3, Abansur was uh, the Keeper of the Ring of Volthoom, which is interesting. And how everyone just kind of wants to be rid of the ring. Which is interesting, and, uh... So Hal becomes hey. par- Power Ring... In, and then we get to see his origin, uh, which is kind of messed up and crazy. Uh, we get to see, let's see, the history behind uh, uh, Johnny Quick. Uh, which is, and we get to see kind of his origin. He's kind of a weird, uh, a big dick. Uh, it's kind of interesting to see how he got his powers. We get to see how um, Professor Stein became Deathstorm. And Superwoman we don't really get to see much of. We still don't get to see much of who this mysterious... Quoted figure is I know Zach, you're not a, a big fan of this book either um, I do think it was a better read than Forever Evil um, and it definitely looks better has better art um, although I think looking at this, I feel like it can't be any higher than a 7 but it also keeps, kind of makes me wonder if maybe I was giving um, Forever Evil too high a rating but I'll, I'll stay where I am for now so I'm going to give Justice League a 7 and Forever Evil a 6 Uh, although I feel maybe Forever Evil should have been a little lower. Um, Moving on, uh, we have our last book. Whoa! Last book of the week. Um, Our last book of the week is none other than Origin 2, number one. Uh, This is by the team of Kieran Gillen and Adam Kubert with Frank Wharton on colors. Um, Now, obviously, this is a a completely different team than the original Origin, which was by uh, Paul Jenkins, uh, back in 2001, with art by Andy Hubert, and uh, colors by Richard Isenov. And what I've come to realize as I read this issue, more than anything, is uh, Richard Isenov was such an instrumental piece of what made, well, two miniseries work a lot. Uh, 1602 is one, which would not have worked as well without his colors, and also uh, Origin. Um, Richard Izanov was absolutely instrumental in establishing the, f- the tone and the feeling of that book, uh, and his absence here, is keenly felt, um, this book just does not feel as rich, uh, the col- Frank Barton is a great colorist, but he's not he's not a Richard Azenove, Azenove, um, I don't know what it is, but something about his textures, they just feel so lush, um, and, and telling a period piece, works so well with his, his style, uh, and not having him, is is really like not, it's a detriment to this issue, and, not having Paul Jenkins, the same writer as the original, also hurts it a little. And now having Adam Kubert instead of Andy, is not a huge change, because as much as they are very different types of pencils, pencilers, um, there are still a lot of similarities in their artwork. So I, I can let it go more easily, and I can uh, just be like okay with it. Um, but I, it's the, the writing. The whole issue is basically the story of Wolverine just being a wolf man living with this pack of wolves. And then this this bear attacking coming by one day and just killing like he doesn't kill the 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 bear and the bear ends up killing his family, this 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 wolf pack. That's the issue. Um there's no saber tooth, there's no Mr. Sinister, uh there's a lot of other things that are gonna be in the rest of the book, but they are not even touched on here. Uh which I just found very alarming. I I, I guess I don't know, I just expected that we would see I think this is a six issue series maybe five issues, I can't remember, but, um, I just found it very odd that you have the entire issue is basically a one-shot, it could have just been called The Adventures of Logan the Wolf Boy, because um, that's what it was, uh, and there's not even much to talk about because it's over, um, you know, kind of before it began, um, I mean, it's kind of nice that they, they spend time establishing that he's, you know, this man, like, this wolf man but i I get it, you know, and then it, it just keeps going and and then I was just kind of like, well, why am I why is this still happening and I mean you have this brutal fight with um with Wolverine and the animal, which is you know cool, but it just adds to the entire issue I mean it's very cinematic and it it's it's not it's not a bad sequence it's just if this is the first issue of a comic, I don't know what to expect from this and it's not necessarily a good thing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, take from that as you will. It's artsy. I mean, there's some really nice stuff in it, but ultimately, felt like it was a little lacking in terms of being the first issue of a miniseries. As a one-shot, it was better. I'm going to give it a six. The artwork's not bad. It's just it's just something that doesn't quite feel right. It doesn't feel like Origin. Part of that's the lack of the is not of colors. I shouldn't be rating this based on what it isn't and more on what it is. I'm going to give it a, I don't know, a 6.5. I'm torn about this, Um, so I will give it the 6.5 rating. So that is everything for this week in terms of the comics. Um, Now, what I usually do is I take a look at all... Oh, no, not take a look at... I at least briefly mention anything else that came out, but this week was really tiny. Uh, There really wasn't anything else, Uh, so not much else to talk about. Uh, I can talk about what's coming out next week or... I mean, this is this episode's coming out on the 31st, so uh, it's the last episode of Comic Shenanigans for 2013. Um, obviously, today is Comic Book Day. I'll briefly talk about some of the things coming out today. Um, so there is, from DC, uh, let's talk about things I'm interested in. I mean, there's a lot of stuff coming out. Um, there's Aquaman 26, which is the first issue by the new creative team, or this new writer, Jeff Parker, I believe it's Jeff Parker, uh you got batman the dark knight batwoman 26 damian son of batman number three i have not enjoyed the first two issues so we'll see how i feel about issue three uh new issue of fables new issue of flash really unsure if i'm going to keep reading this or not uh or if i'm going to read someone else's copy and not buy this anymore uh there's part of me wants to kind of end with the last of maniples you know covert an issue but we'll see how i feel uh tomorrow um it got Justice League Dark twenty six. I haven't really been reading that though. Throughout I've, the last chapters I read were during uh, the Trinity War. Um, you got Red Lanterns twenty six, Superman twenty six. I I'm ex- I haven't been buying them, but I'm excited for those who love this. Superman: The Man of Steel trade paperback volume eight, which continues the John Byrne uh, kind of shepherded run that started in the eighties. Which they're finally doing another volume, and it's like it's it's been a long time. I mean, these comics are over. But like 25 years old so it's crazy that they're continuing that volume i'm glad they are for those who really like that stuff it just it's been so long since volume 7 that i'm surprised that they're even going back to it uh, i got talon 14 uh then from um from image you have manhattan project 17 also have uh, some more uh of the um manhattan project tv t-shirts which at some point i think i'm gonna pick up And then for Marvel, very, very light week. You have Avengers AI, Trade Paperback. I'm probably not going to bother. I read the first issue, and then I I didn't really like it, so I don't think I'll read the rest. The the Avengers West Coast Avengers. um, uh, I love how they do branding now. Avengers, colon, West Coast Avengers, trade Paperback, Sins of the Past. Um, You got the Deadpool by Joe Kelly Omnibus hardcover. That's exciting. Guardians of the Galaxy is, I guess, uh, in terms of single issues, there's only like four next week. Or tomorrow, rather, or today, if you're reading, if you're downloading this on the thirty-first, you have Gardens of the Galaxy ten, New Avengers thirteen point inh, which, if it's anything like the other inh books, uh, will be garbage. But it's by Hickman, so I should enjoy it. But I've really have been let down by the in- Inhumanity um, branded issue so far. It's been not to my taste. You have the New Avengers uh, hardcover volume two Infinity. Um, I'm surprised that's already out, considering the Avenger stuff isn't out. And so those buying the hardcovers, uh, I don't know if I've seen it mentioned anywhere, but is the Infinity hardcover coming out in February going to have all the digital codes? Because that's kind of a make or break for me on whether or not I want to get that book. Uh, It includes everything in the New Avengers um, uh, second hardcover. It includes everything in the Avengers hardcover volume 3 and 4. So that includes the Prelude to Infinity and the Infinity crossover um, hardcover. I mean, it's got a lot of stuff, plus it's got hard, the uh, Infinity stuff, so I'm wondering if the digital code will be there, because now that I've finally got a tablet, I'm really excited about getting digital codes again. Um, so I'm curious, because if it doesn't include the, the digital copy, then I might end up just going with the separate uh, hardcovers, even though uh, cost-wise it still makes more sense, but I will like the digital codes now, so I'm really torn. Uh, and also next week you have Savage Wolverine 13 and Superior Foes uh, number 7. Superior Foes of Spider-Man, that is. So that is uh, everything uh, that is coming out on the uh, 31st. I want to thank you for joining me for this uh, 131st episode of Comic Shenanigans, uh, for joining both Zach and I. Uh, he was briefly sleeping, but now looks like he's stirring. Perfect timing, as it's time for me to sign off anyway. Um, Thank you for uh, for downloading And enjoying Comic Shenanigans throughout the year uh, If you've been with us the entire year Thank you, I cannot tell you how much I appreciate it uh, This this show Really is a, a labor of It's a labor of love um, And uh, I hope to keep doing it for a while Obviously my son uh, Allowed me to do so Would be nice but, but thank you very much For joining me, if you want to email us You can email me at comic shenanigans At gmail.com You can also uh, like the show on Facebook. Rate or review the show on iTunes. And you can also uh, post in our HG thread. This is Adam Chapman and Zach Chapman signing off for Comic Shenanigans. Have a happy new year. Bye-bye.